Blog Talk Radio.
Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Fermilla Entertainment here on Blog Talk Radio, where I'm your host, Merlo. What's up, everybody? Tonight is Thursday, and we're doing it big. We're doing it well. Um, tonight, we will actually be having a conversation with Elder A.E. Holmes III. Um, tonight's topic is basically uh, bridging the gap between the church people as well as the quote-unquote so-called worldly people. Uh, basically, we'll be having a conversation in which we'll be working together to try to answer some questions that people are asking and seeking in regards to how church people feel about worldly people, things of that nature. And so we're going to ask that if you are a host and or producer, Please place your phone on mute if you are not speaking. We're going to go ahead and also ask that our producer go ahead and put our host and co-host on the air, but our co-hosts go ahead and mute their phone so that they can be ready to speak when, you know, when they're addressed, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so uh, we actually have quite a few people on the switchboard tonight, and um, please bear with us as we have well over 15 people on the switchboard, so we're doing the best we can. Please be patient. If you have something to say, um, our producer will be screening you shortly, and if you have something to say, let him know. He'll do whatever, whatever, and we'll move from there. But moving right along, before he does that, uh, Mr. Producer, say what's up. Hey, what's up? How you doing? How's it going, sir? It's going good. Okay, all right. <laughs> We're going to work you tonight, my brother. We're going to work you tonight, son. Mm-hmm. I see that. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And if you're in the chat room, please utilize the chat room, and we will definitely, if you have any questions, please make sure that you ask your questions there. We will get them addressed as well if you don't want to call in. Um if you are in the chat room and you do want to participate in the show tonight, uh, the guest call-in number is 310-807-5105. Uh, Ms. Vanilla Sky, are you out there? I am out here. I know you out there. I hear you typing text messages. <laughs> Tell those people they got to wait, honey. I'm it's showtime. I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> How are you? <laughs> oh, pretty good, pretty good. I'm trying to be nice tonight. Trying to be nice. All right. You try uh, really, really Ms. hard, Just- okay? Oh, whatever, honey. Miss <laughs> <laughs> Justice, are you out there with us, sweet lady? Yes, I am. You- oh, she feels so precious. <laughs> <laughs> She'll cut you up to America. She'll cut you up. Yes, she will. <laughs> I can't know that part. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. All right. So um, we're going to go ahead and start out of our segment. Um, with the segment tonight, um, I really didn't have too much of recent news due to the fact I definitely want to thank my staff for being so patient with us. I've kept them busy for the past hour, and now we're working in overtime. Thank you so much. You guys are awesome. I would not trade you in for a million bucks, as Keith Sweat would say in his living Move right along. We're going to talk about we're not going to whine and cry and all that other stuff tonight. All right. So, um, <laughs> so with the recent piece of news that I actually read recently, um, 
I forgot. It was hot gossip. What in the world? How did I forget what I was just about to say? This is a hot mess. La, 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 la. <laughs> All right. So, uh, Mr. Producer, if you would mind, just go ahead and start screening the callers. We'll, we'll just prolong while you're doing that so we can see what's going on. So you just go right ahead and do your thing. All right. So um, okay. what was I about to say? It was something. Ju- oh, Mike Tyson. So recently, uh, well, I don't even know if this is really recent, but Mike Tyson, of course, you guys know he was the famous boxer and still is sort of famous or whatever. But the man apparently is broke now. The man apparently told his wife that he had AIDS. And so basically oh. after all of that, he lost everything. He got everything, and it was a lie. Please tell me why would he lie and say he had AIDS, and why would he give away the farm for the lie? We know he slept with millions of people, not millions of people, but, you know, quite a few people, and he even slept with many women while he was locked up in jail. So what would cause a man to even say that? Who's sleeping with him is what I want to know. That, me too. That's what I want to know. So his one man play is not making any money, or because I just saw the commercial for it the other day. <laughs> he has like this one man play on Broadway where he talks about everything in his life and boxing and stuff. Really? I guess he's not making. Uh huh. Is he making money? I wonder if they're gonna talk about that now. I, I didn't see that. I it guess is, I'm just um, lost in the shade somewhere. <laughs> it was just I just saw the commercial the other day, but it's all he just sitting on the stage on the, in a regular chair with the chair backwards, and he in a like a dress button up shirt and dress pants, and he's just talking to the crowd and reenacting events and things that's happened in his life by himself. And who wants to listen to that? Come on. I don't know. <laughs> so apparently, that's why I said it must not be making any money. Hmm. Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay. So that's pretty much... Um, for what I had, and I did catch a glimpse as um, apparently uh, President Barack Obama is trying to clear up the issue in which the Democrats have started in regards to Obamacare or something that I was reading. So apparently what they said that was happening is not true, and he's now trying to clean up the mess. So I, I I, I just don't get it. I'm just like, so... Everybody's lying to us now. I mean, do we not live in this country? Do we not work in this country? I mean, really, what what's what, what's really going on? Well, uh, what was happening? What, I mean, I stopped listening a while ago with the Obamacare stuff. I just let it go. Me too. Yeah, Me too. We in the same boat. <laughs> I was scared. I just stopped too. I, really I, just, stopped too. I just couldn't do it. Okay. <laughs> Another thing I wanted to talk about is something that I actually saw today, which actually can go along with our topic for the evening. 
I saw some homeless people that were sitting on the bench um, waiting on the bus or by the bus stop, and one of them went to the next one. He, he had literally, I don't even know if they were friends or not, but they, one of them walked up to one and was just like, can I get some change for whatever he was asking for? And the other one digged in his pocket, and you can tell they had all of their belongings sitting right there with them. And he reached into his pocket, and he gave him whatever the change it was, and he didn't ask him any questions. And I just looked at it while I was listening to my music, getting in my mode for this evening, and I was just like, that was awesome. However, on the same note, it's like, when a homeless person walks up to you on a daily basis, what is your reaction? What do you do? What do you say? Uh, most of us would probably be like, oh, what, you know, or whatever. But for the other homeless to dig deep for whatever he had in his pocket and to reach out and give it to the other homeless people, that shows that they are working together, you know, to survive. And, Many people of today is always like people are trying to get ahead and they're always trying to be better than the next person when that's not what it's all about. It's all about helping each other. So when I saw that, a tear almost came to my eye because it was just like, this is simply amazing. I mean, they're homeless for a reason or, you know, situations came in their life and they started helping one another. But why working people? People, you know, things of that nature. Why we can't work together like they did? Why we can't do that as a people? Why is it always that we're trying to be better than the next person? You know, what are your thoughts about that, ladies? I think that, well, you know a lot of how I feel about that. Uh, I feel like when you're in that situation, you can empathize easier. A lot of people have never been put in a position to need uh, to not have certain, you know, basic necessities. And I think that when you're in that situation, it humbles you. And a lot of us are not humble because we have everything we want or we have a way of getting it. And people just, in my opinion, are too busy worried about their little corner of the world to reach out and help somebody else in their corner of the world. And I think that's a lot of why the world is the way that it is. Everybody's selfish and stepping on each other to get where they want to get. And, you know, it may get you there for a while, but it's not going to keep you there. So people just don't empathize. Mm Mm-hmm. And I know there's other people on this line. How do you feel? (laughs) I feel as though when it comes to other people, uh, well, I can't speak for other people. I know when it comes to me, um, I've always been taught, and I don't know if it's a Southern thing or not, but plenty of times, you know, um, I've been told by an older member of my family, you know, you never know who anyone is or what's going on in someone's life, you know. So it's like, how dare you? place yourself above someone to the point where you can't help them when I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure there's been times you've had to reach your hand out to someone as well. Um, as far as it comes with the homeless, I will 
buy you something to eat, buy you something to drink, or whatever you need. But I don't know. It just depends on where I'm at. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. I've, I've given some homeless people some money, and they came back with a beer. Like, so <laughs> it it makes some people feel some type of way. Like, I know people who will be like, I'm not giving them money for drugs, or I'm not, you know what I mean? And it's like, it all depends mm-hmm. on the person, and you don't know a person, you know, um, when you're not in their situation. But well, I definitely believe it just depends on you as a person, how you were raised, or your thoughts and values. Let me let me just add to that really quick, because I did do a show on this, you know, recently. I'll say this. One thing I said on my show was that if God is telling you to do something, I'll say God. That's how I go about it. If you feel the need, if if God is telling you to reach out to somebody and help them, you do what you're told and then you leave it alone. If mm-hmm. if you're told to give $5 or if you have 5 and you feel like you should go ahead and give it, what they do with it from there on out is no longer, you know, it's not between you and them. It's not between – it has nothing to do with you at that point. If you do what you're led to do and you're mm-hmm. supposed to do and what you feel is right, from that point on what they do with it, excuse me, is really between them and God or them and their conscience or whatever you want to call it, mm-hmm. you know, because, I mean, I've been homeless, so I know how that feels. I know how it feels to have people look at you a certain way and treat you a certain way. So for me, you know, I don't care if someone goes out and gets a beer. If that's what you feel you need at the moment to get through the hard, cold reality of being homeless, go for it. You know, I'm not going to run out and buy you a case, but if I give you $5 and you choose to drink as opposed to eat, but that's what you need, you know, that's, that's how I take it. But I think because I've been homeless, I feel that way. And well, I, I, just, I, I feel the same way, like I said, I being um I don't know I know I I don't know if I've told you my story but I've had to raise my two brothers by myself and it's been times where we didn't have a home and we, you know, went from, from shelters and things. And it's like you don't I don't know. It depends I don't I don't know how how it is, you know, here but I know where I'm from. It's like they People aren't as rude to people um, just because of their situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, so when it comes to homeless people, it's like where I'm from, they kind of, you kind of be like, have you seen a homeless person today? Because they they have their own little, their own schedule where I'm from. Like they go to the library during the daytime and then at night um, they have to be in the shelter by 7. And it's like they have some homeless people um, in Wilmington. Um, I'm from North Carolina, in Wilmington, North Carolina. They have some um, some of the WalMarts actually um, begging or asking for money against the law, panhandling against the law in North Carolina. So they actually give them permit for um, fifteen dollars to to ask for money. Well, whole size on their property and. Mm. And I've seen people, like, working while working at Walmart, I've seen people give fives and tens and twenties, you know, like, depending on the person and their situation. Mm-hmm. And and it's like you never know, you know what I mean? Um, 
you never know what that's going to do for somebody. Because with that money being made, we have one lady, she actually, um, after making, I don't know how much she made, but after making a certain amount, she got her little room for rent, and she was able to keep herself clean up enough to actually come in and get a job in the same place that she was, get, like, asking for money for. It. So it's just some people, I don't know, it's like it depends on what you've seen and what you've been around on how you're going to react to things. I always look at it as if I was in that situation, I would want somebody to help me. I have been in that situation myself, and it is very, very hard um, because you don't want to have your hand out. You know, you don't want to ask for help, but when you really do need the help and you do ask for it, it feels as if people don't receive it or don't want to help you, you know. And so, you know, you, you're already beat down already because you're in that situation. And then to have to go to somebody for help makes it even worse. So, I mean, you know, you just have to put yourself in that person's shoes, I think. Because, you know, if it was you, you would want somebody to help you. And you don't, and that, you know, I don't even care if it's a dollar, five dollars, whatever it is that you can give, something, you know, something to eat, whatever it is, you know, um, and even a shower sometimes, you know, helps. Whatever you can give yeah. will help that person. And they will be, you know, and, and I know a lot of people that are in that situation. I know myself. I was very grateful. I appreciated it. And Merlo? We're going to um, go into celebrity gossip right now. <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> actually, what's been going any? on with celebrity? Yeah, I do have some celebrity gossip, actually. There is okay. um, a rumor going around with a – Will Smith has a movie coming out called Focus um, with his co-star. It's a lady by the name of – Mar- Margot Robbie and um, they are saying that they have actually been messing around so he's actually been cheating on his wife with her I don't know if it's true or not because people that are close to him have said that it's not true so I don't, I don't really know but mm-hmm. you know um, who knows Okay. So what do you guys think about that? Well, you know, cheating is never news anymore, so <laughs> unfortunately. So they were definitely cheating because from the pictures that I was seeing, it looked like they were just playing around. Like, did you see the pictures? Yeah, I did. And it looked like it was just harmless play. It yeah. wasn't. And it's she's like... 23 oh. and Will is 45, so I don't. I don't really know how that all works, but <laughs> we'll we'll see. <laughs> I think I think um it's just one of those rumors. That's all it is. That's what I was thinking, or at least that's what I was hoping. Well and that a power couple, they can't break up. Yeah. <laughs> also um, have you guys heard about um Chris Brown? 
Um, after the whole incident in D.C., he was um, asked to enter rehab, and he left after two weeks. He said he's cured. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I heard that. Um, that's, that's wild. Like, what's with the celebrities checking themselves in and out of rehab like it's a vacation? I don't understand. <laughs> like, why did they do that? I mean, he went out to eat. They just got to, he just out to eat. Like, yep, just got out of the rehab. Well, they said that he him. had community service. That's part of the reason he got out. So. Well, the problem that I have with it is um, it's like they get a slap on the wrist a little bit <laughs> because they are celebrities. And if it had been one of us, we would it would have been totally different. You know? Yes, we would have had a charge. We would have been sitting in somebody's court two weeks from the day. So how many times does this have to happen before we actually make some changes, that's all. Um, Also in celebrity gossip, Lady Gaga and Madonna are going at it because um, Madonna's Express Yourself and Lady Gaga's Born This Way is very similar, and this has come up before, (laughs) and um, Lady Gaga has come out and said, look, um, Madonna, you know, I appreciate all you've done for the pop world, and mm-hmm. I looked up to you coming up, and I'm not trying to take your throne, basically. So I think, um, I don't know if it's true or not. It just seems really funny that it's all coming out around the time that Lady Gaga's CD has popped out, but we'll we'll kind of play it by ear. I think um, I've heard in the past that Madonna was perfectly fine with the born born that way um, song and it being similar, um, and she actually liked it. But you know, I've heard two stories. Yeah, but Madonna does have a way of playing into slot. Um, I don't know if you remember that. Then she kept like Britney Spears one year. She and, did. Um, <laughs> like she just be. I think she just be looking for something, or at least want to be looked at. She don't want to get out. Maybe she wants to stay, you know, popping. Okay. <laughs> um, Molly Cyrus has been back in the news. I know I'm tired of hearing her, but she is back in the news because she actually smoked a joint on stage uh, at the European, European Music Awards. Mm-hmm. So, um... I don't know how to <laughs> mm-hmm. how to react to that yet, but yeah, wasn't it she, in Amsterdam? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Wow. All right, all right. So that's enough of celebrity gossip. So we're going to go ahead and start our segment. We're still waiting on the guests. Not sure what's the hold up, what the problem is, but we're going to jump right into our subject for the evening. So the subject of the evening is we're trying to bridge the gap between the the Christian world as well as the secular world, per se, and we just want to just have a general conversation. If anyone is on the uh, line and they have anything that you want to say, I believe you just press the number one and you can be screened to be chimed in, blah, 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 blah. Uh, We just ask that you please mute your phone if you are unmuted until it's time for you to speak, so that way we can keep the background noise to a minimum. 
for the sake of the broadcast. Um, my first issue um, that I have with the church, you know, uh, me being, you know, a Christian young man, you know, I was brought up in the in the Christian house, things of that nature. There's always been things that I always wanted to ask and things that I always wanted to talk about because I feel that there is still a disconnect from the church and what they say God, you know. Now, me, let's just clear this up for the airways. Yes, there is God in my brain. Yes, there is God, and I believe in God. However, I feel that the church is no longer a sanctuary. It has turned into something just totally different. It's turned into a business place where people are just coming in, they're telling you that they're preaching the word, they're preaching the gospel, and things of that nature, but they're looking for a paycheck. That is my take on that. And to to add a little bit more to that, um, you know, I'm a little bit infatuated with the the way that Catholics do things, you know. The Catholics, you know, they they, they are very prestigious, yes they are, and and what most people don't know is all Christianity forms from the Catholic faith. So if you feel that you're not Catholic and yet you are a Christian, you have been basically misconstrued and that was all a lie. Technically, if you are a Christian, you are Catholic in some form of fashion. And I will say do your own research in regards to that. Um, however, I feel that the people that get up in our pulpits every Sunday and they, they, they try to tell us that this is the way that God is showing us, this is the way that God is leading us, but why? Do they do the same thing that they tell us that is wrong, things that they tell us that is not right? Who, what gives them the right to do those things that they tell us that is wrong, but then yet they try to hide them from the sheep, so to speak? I mean, what, what, what's really going well, on with that picture? <laughs> I mean, people, the one thing that, people do easily, myself included, is once you find out someone's a Christian or you go to a church and look at everyone in there and assume they're all Christians because they're in the church, especially someone who's up on the pulpit, you automatically raise the standard higher for them without even realizing it. And really, we all are still just human and we're all going to make mistakes, even the, even the preachers, even the pastors, even the reverends, whoever. They're all going to make the same mistake, you know, or some some mistakes as well. Of course, you look to them for guidance and hope that they do better than what we're doing, because they're in a, you know, they're in a different position than we are. But when it all boils down to it, we all make mistakes. However, the part where you said that they do the do these things, they sin or what have you, and then try to cover it up. I'm sure they're ashamed that they're in the position that they're in, and they're doing whatever they're doing. Another thing that I always wanted to address, you know, and I'm just exposing everybody tonight. It does not matter. I am who I am, and you can find my picture on the Internet because I'm still the same person regardless at the end of the day. Firmworld.com, if you know the real name, it's on the website. It does not matter. I don't care. Um, Things that I wanted to talk about is, you know, 
going to be the not saying that everybody is this way, but, you know, they saw that women were not allowed to wear pants. They had to wear skirts. They had to wear tams on their head. And if you don't know what a tam is, that's pretty much like a cloth or not really a handkerchief they had to wear over their head. Exactly. And they say that it was used as a covering type of thing. You weren't supposed to wear makeup, things of that nature. You can't go to the movies because that's a secular activity. You couldn't participate in certain things because that was worldly. And I'm just finding it hard to believe because God created every last one of us. And if you're offended by the topic tonight, please hang up and please just disregard what we're talking about tonight. But people that are, you know, that are really seeking the truth in all of what we're speaking, please stay on the line. Please call in and please help us talk about this. But I don't don't get it. Our guest has um, actually called in. Oh, the guest has called in. Please unmute the guest of the evening. <laughs> good morning. I mean, afternoon. Good evening. Oh, my goodness. He done went to bed. <laughs> we got all three of them. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Hello. So before we go any further, sir, could you please introduce yourself to the people that are listening? And I will tell you, you have an audience tonight. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm sure. I was just uh, listening to a lot of what you had to say, but uh, you have quite an audience that I'm listening to right now. Um, I'm Arthur Holmes. <laughs> um, glad to be able to be on the show. Just uh, come on, let me know what you want me to do. Well, um, <laughs> so to begin, I don't know. Did you hear any of the concerns that I just addressed? Could you please, I mean, not saying that you're addressing those concerns, but could you show your perspective on what I was just speaking of and how you feel, so to speak? Um, Well, I I heard a little bit of what you were saying about certain things with dealing with the women of what they couldn't wear at, at a certain time. Um, of course, mm-hmm. knowing and knowing that times have changed, um, there is a level to where women are now being more uh, exposed to the forefront, and they're able to do a lot more than what they used to. And mm-hmm. uh, it's a point right now where uh, those things are are now changing uh, due to the lack of there being. Um, more men in the forefront um, mm. because the now is more rounded with women than there are men. Uh, so now the church is being, uh, they're, they're uh, starting to place more women in the forefront now uh, where they're having a lack of men to be able to stand in the gap. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And I know um, I left wide open for some questions. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she did leave it wide open for some questions. It's mad that these people are asking questions. But um, people will be people regardless. So I will continue to talk. Um, 
so I know you did. Um, <laughs> so how? Okay, so I did speak about something. Well, I didn't speak about this yet. I was thinking it. That's what it was. Now, this is the way I feel about when, you know, when it's time for offering time. You know, we all know that we have to give offering so that we can play for the establishment, you know, and pay the bills, keep the lights on in the church type of thing. And But I feel that we... As people, when we go to church, we pay entirely. We well, not that we pay. We have too many things going on. We have, we have the. This is the the missionary offering. We have the whatever offering. We have the speaker offering. Then we have this offering, and then we have. God told me that there is a hundred people in here that has fifty dollars. And then God told me that 10 people had $20, and I need you to run up here right now with your money. Now, that goes back <laughs> to what I just said, that church has turned into a business versus a sanctuary where people are actually seeking help, you know, and then they wonder why people don't come to the church. Then we have the speaker's offering, and it's just like we understand that, you know, this person that is speaking that I understand, you know, has taken time out to to study the word of God. And, of course, this person is given a lot of energy, you know, to deliver the message so that you can catch the revelation. But why the church can't pay that person whatever gifts they may have received for that given day versus taking up a separate offering, which turns it into a business. Oh, well, we're going to get money from this. We're going to get money from this. We're going to get money from this. How do you feel about that? Well, if I'm not putting you on the spot. Well, being, <laughs> being in the position of being able to see things in uh, behind the scenes, mm-hmm. um, Certain things are proper etiquette, and then some things are just not proper etiquette. Um, sometimes some churches bring in people they cannot afford to bring, um, and some people, some people, some churches have people that they would like to uh, bring in to help them raise money that the, that the churches needed, and then of course in certain instances. Uh, looking at it on the flip side, a lot of stuff is like a show. Um, mm-hmm. Some stuff is, you know, based upon who you bring, is going to determine if if it's really about the church or if it's if it's just about show. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody that comes to your church is not going to be um, as saved as they appear to be. Mm-hmm. Or, I mean, because you have so many <laughs> games that are played in church, it's just you know, church is ran like a business in certain in, in some as, in some aspects. Um, I've seen a lot of stuff. I mean, I understand and, the business aspect. Yes, I understand yeah. that you got to do what you got to do, but at a certain token, I mean, come on, people, really. But you got number two, some people 
get paid a percentage of what the, what is raised. So, in some instances, you have some people that will, you know, I'm not going to say that they're not hearing from the Lord, but right. some people get a percentage based upon what they raise. Now, keep in mind, if, I, if, if you invite me to your church, the deal that I might make or the deal that is made before I get there is that uh, it's a 50-50 thing. So if I raise an offering, I get half that offering that is raised. Make you know sense? what? That kind of makes me angry, to be honest. But I understand it makes you angry, but that's that's the way some, some people are. A lot of those big-time evangelists, a lot of the people who are, are – um, that are, are looking to go in and they are going to prophesy to someone or something like that, a lot of them have a, they either have a 50-50 split or they already have an amount that they have already set aside saying this is what it is supposed to be before I get there. And that's, that's, just, that's just the part of the business of where they are. Some people have a gift that will, Require or where they feel like it requires this amount of money, and this is what it is before I even get there. And believe me, well, I tell you, you gotta, yeah, <laughs> I have a gift too. But if I was to use the gift that God gave me, I'm not going to charge nobody for that gift because apparently He gave it to me for a reason. And the reason is to use it. It's all about giving, which goes about, you probably, I don't know if you was on that part of the show when I was talking about the homeless people. And when the homeless people, they just reached into their pocket to give to the next homeless person without asking questions, you know. So, you know, they received a gift from someone else that planted that to them for whatever the case may be, but yet they gave it to that person. So who are we to charge another person for prophesying to us, so to speak? And I've seen that many a times, and to use another personal thing that happened to me, I remember when I went to church and it was a tent revival. Now, this was when I was back in high school, you know, I had to take way back for a second, whereas I was just this calm, cool, collective guy going through whatever I was going through at the time. But at that time, you know, I was definitely into the church, and I was praying and seeking God for something else in spite of it all. And I remember going to this tent revival, and I remember the the prophet you know, started praying for the people, and we had sung a song, you know, being part of the choir, blah, blah, blah. You know, i got to be elaborate with this. So um, Uh sung a song, (laughs) and after the song, you know, she began to, you know, speak the word of God, things of that nature, and she started praying for people. And I felt the spirit, and in my spirit, I just went in the spirit, you know, per se. But at this particular time, I was a little bit confused because when she prayed for a certain individual, um, it was like she was forcing the people down, which in my brain was a show. You know, why are you forcing them down in the spirit? You don't do that. 
God in his own way will move when he needs to move to whoever he's trying to move within their hearts. So I'm still praying, you know, and I'm still doing what I do. And after all of that, I went to that person because I was led to go to that person. And I literally lifted up my hands. They went out in the spirit. I didn't have to force, I didn't even make physical contact with this person, and it happened. The prophet of the evening then came to me and tried to put their hands on me and to force me down in the spirit. So to me, not saying that that was a false prophet per se and that I, it was just everything happens for a reason. But why do people have to continue to play church? You cannot play church. It lives within the heart. You know, why are we trying to make it a spiritual thing, a physical thing? Well, that's a good statement. <laughs> I can tell you like this. You have your you have your ones that say, Man, Doc, I killed the church, Doc. The law was in there. Man, it was awesome. I was slaying the folk. And it's all a show based mm. on what they're doing to say that it's God and it's not really God that's that's doing all of that. You pushing people down. But it's it's all the antics. Some people you have to remember that in certain situations, what based upon what they may do, some people feed off of. And the mm-hmm. thing is, is that if people see you, they don't know you pushing people down until they get to you. And in some instances, you tell that some people are being pushed down. Now some people are like, "Oh my goodness, I want I want what they have." <laughs> They get up there and they may fall out on purpose. I mean, it's just no, it's almost no different from when you go to a funeral. You see a show mm-hmm. when you go there. You know, the person that died, <laughs> the person that went up the line to go and see the person, you knew that they treated them like like crap when they were alive. Yes. They go in there and do, do the biggest show up there. And they cry. Okay, Juan, well, good yeah. times. You say what? Yeah. Okay, Wanda from Good Times. Right, right. <laughs> it's just, it's just, it's, it's just a show. But you have to be at a point of where you realize that you have to know God for yourself and Is know that... about the power of the Holy Ghost and know about the power of the anointing of God. Mm-hmm. That when it when it comes upon you, you won't feel nobody push you down. Sometimes, I mean, I just knowing as a kid growing up, I remember uh, uh, Paul Reed preached. And preach the house down And mm-hmm. people were being healed And delivered The signs and wonders were there He didn't even have to lay hands on people For people to be delivered and set free And to be able to uh, be healed You saw You saw uh, uh, The signs and wonders happen Without him having to even touch a person And that right. kind of That you, you, you know You would partake in Nowadays Now Everybody, it's all about a show. It's all about everybody trying to shout you. It's all about people trying to lay hands on you, throw you under the pew and see you, you know, <laughs> lot elevating at the mouth and you think that you did something great. But it's, 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 it, 
I mean, some people are moved based upon everything that's going on around them. And, and I, Let me. I preached Go ahead. I'm sorry. One, <laughs> I preached for Bishop Thurgood one time. He said, "I have two different types of 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 services. My first service is the people might look at you." He said, "But even even though they're looking at you and they're not moving." He said, "This is one. This is my 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 crowd that just kind of listens. They're not moved by anything you say. They just listen. But my second service, they're gonna shout. They're gonna praise the Lord. They're gonna do some everything. But just know that my hmm. first crowd, they listen to everything you say and can tell you everything that you said once you finish. Not saying that the second crowd is not like that, but they will shout. Right. But the crowd in the first service is gonna be able to tell you what you said from the." Beginning to the time you sat down, and the thing is, is that what are these people gaining when they're sitting here listening to you preach and seeing you shout and praise the Lord? Because if I go in the service and I heard, I didn't hear everything you said, then I I couldn't be touched mm-hmm. because right. I gained no knowledge of what you preached. But all they could sit up here and say, "Man, we had a service." Okay, what, what happened? Man, we shouted from the time we sat, got in there to the time we sat down. Well, what did he preach about? I couldn't tell they you. They don't know. I couldn't tell you where he came from. So I, what's I, the name of the sermon? Exactly. They can't tell you anything. <laughs> so you, that's that's how you can tell who was who did what in the service because you don't know. I mean, you'll know what the man preached about, what the woman preached about, and how good it, that word ministered to you. So it's 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 more than just sitting up there shouting and, and praising the Lord. That's all fine and dandy. But can you tell me what book he, what book he came from, what word was given? You, I mean, you know, it's 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 got to be something that I gained out of that, other than the fact that I I um, listened to the way he hooped, I listened to the way he ran his chords, how the organ played behind him, how the people shouted, and how they were shouting. Yeah, because right. I've been to plenty of churches. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead, Miss Fanella. You've been trying to say something. No. <laughs> I just wanted to say that um, I've been to a couple different churches. The one that I grew up in was very down to earth. I'm afraid I'll never find another one like it. Everyone was very real. My pastor used to say, come, you know, come join us, warts and all, you know, obviously meaning come as you are. There was you know, no dress code. Everybody was laid back. You could go into the pastor's office. We didn't have to go from he to she to we to get a hold of the pastor because they were just so glorified. And I think that sometimes maybe people are just really tr- starting out by wanting to worship God and go there to worship God, but they end up worshiping the people instead of God. And a lot of these churches these days are telling people, you know, that's the issue I have, you know, pray for the gift to speak in tongues. I don't want to pray for that. If I was meant to have that gift, God would have gave me that gift. I don't believe that you yes. can just speak something into existence. She better say it. Say, yes. Oh, I can now speak tongues. Oh, I can now yes. lay you out. And I went up there one time, and they tried to put me out. And I stood there and looked at him like he was crazy. <laughs> he tried to push me down, too. And I did not go to the floor. I just, you know, I think you really have to follow your spirit. And mm-hmm. realize that it is a relationship that is not a religion. It is not between yes. you and everybody in the congregation. Yes. It is not about who can yell the loudest. It is not about who is going to fall to the ground. 
is the most <laughs> saved or whatever. It, you know, it's a relationship with God, and you go there together to worship him, not to worship each other and see who has the better gift or who can get this. That's all I want to and say. I'm glad, <laughs> and I'm glad you said that because people – being brought up there saying that it was a gift from the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost that you should develop, you know, the language to speak in tongues. Again, it is a gift. Who told you that you had to speak in tongues to say that you were saved and sanctified? You know, so that was another thing that I was trying to bring out. And I'm glad you just hit that because it's just like you don't have to speak in tongues to be saved and sanctified it is a gift again that is giving to certain individuals in my mind now mark me if i'm wrong preacher (laughs) you know please tell me because i'm always open for correction but it is a gift that you would do that to speak the holy language per se is what we're taught so that it's just it's just I, I just I just don't understand people. It's it's just it, it's, mm. it it goes along too with people just really need to realize, you know, you don't have to pray a certain way. You don't have to dear Jesus, you know, start you know, you talk to him like talk to him as you are. Talk to him from mm-hmm. your who you are, not who your grandmother is and how she did it. My grandmother used to say, oh, you have to have your Bible study as soon as you wake up in the morning. Well, you know what? God told me it was okay to have it later. Like, I can have it (laughs) when I feel like I need to have it. You know, that's your choice. And I'm still reading the Bible. It doesn't matter if it's at 7 a.m. or 10 p.m. or what have you. You know, it's just people need to really realize it's a relationship, a personal relationship with God. It is not Uh a bunch of, you know, Uh hoopla. Totally how I feel about it. When it comes to, um, I'm a, I don't know, I don't know how to explain it, but I don't want to say I'm a churchy person. Um, but I was raised in the church. Everyone in my father's family, besides my father, and that's all six of his siblings, as well as both his parents, are pastors. Um, I, I have always, when it comes to my hometown church, um. I had a great relationship. I love my church. I I go to my church with no shoes on. You know what I mean? Like I <laughs> love my church, but I still yeah, like, go to church with no shoes on. <laughs> I don't know about that part. Of course, <laughs> I feel like it depends on my relationship with God. Like there's so many people in my church that don't wear shoes because it's like to them it makes them feel closest to Him. But my thing is, I don't feel like I feel like everyone has to understand that. Your relationship with God is your relationship with God. Yeah. You don't have to do a certain set of rules to have the relationship you do with God because I, I just feel like there's so many there's so many things in the church that I disagree with, but I have this deep passion and this deep love for the church. Um, my The pastor that I had, he was my pastor all the way till I was 15, he passed away, and we had a new pastor, and it was just like I'm the type of person I will I won't follow anybody. It's, I still Amen. Found a church home here, like here, I still haven't found a church home. I will not follow just anybody. See? You have to make a connection <laughs> with my spirit. 
Like I have to, exactly. I have to see God in you. I have to see God through you for you to to get me in your church. Like I'm not I'm not yes. gonna come this one time and sit here and you gonna make me do this and you gonna make me do that because I've been to one church here and I ain't never did so much paperwork in my life. And I didn't <laughs> go back. I didn't because she. I'm serious. I did a lot of paperwork. Like I had to fill out a lot of stuff. Like I'm still. Getting I emails. think I know which church you're talking about. Okay, I'm still getting emails, <laughs> movie invites for like meetups and everything. I'm serious, and it's like I'm not used to that. Like I'm used to. I don't know. I'm just used to a when family you, when feel. You Exactly, like a family. Yeah. I want my church to feel like a family. Like I want to feel like me talking to my pastor is like talking to my father. That's okay. honestly how Time I want to feel. Time out. Okay, so we have three <laughs> minutes left in the show. So I see that there's going to be a piece of an after show, but due to our new switchboard, we cannot really extend the show or anything. So any additional callers that call in will not be able to call in. So if you want to hang on, you can definitely hang on, and we can continue this conversation. But this conversation must end within the next 30 minutes. So just wanted to put that out there. And all of our people that are currently on the line, you will remain on the line. And I'm going to go down the list in a private room to ask you if you have something that you want to say, anything you want to talk about, get off your chest. You can do so live, but we will not be able to have any new callers call in. And again, we must have this show in technically within the next 30 minutes. Okay. So go ahead. I just, I feel like me and Justice have similar experiences as far as that goes. My pastor was amazing. There'll never be another one like him as far as I'm concerned. And he passed away as well. And we had a new pastor, not to say he's not okay, but as an example, I called my old church that I grew up in, had my mm-hmm. first child, had both my children dedicated at that church. Mm-hmm. I called them to see if they would help an elderly lady move that I knew. She has no family, no one to help her, and she had no money. And they're like, oh, well, we don't really have people for that. And I'm like, um, this is the church I grew up in where everyone was like, oh, sure, we'll find, yeah. you know, three guys that are willing to do it. And it's like. Nobody is willing to help anybody anymore. And if if churches are churches are only helping church members, how do you think that's going to look to other people who are not saved? Do you think that they're going to want to run and join a church? You don't look too you know <laughs> too good in the eyes of people that are you know maybe interested in seeing what you have to offer or what a church has to offer. That doesn't look good. That is not doing what Jesus would do, if you want to say that. That is not even coming close to it. Oh, you sound like my senior project. You really <laughs> well, well, you when, you got, for me, <laughs> for me, I just go there. I mean, when I go to church, I'm looking to be fed, mm-hmm. you know. And so if I don't get that, then I'm I, I'm not getting what I need. Then I need to go somewhere else until I get mm-hmm. it. And and that's that's what we're supposed to be doing we're supposed to be growing and we get so used to being in that one church that sometimes things change and we have to just move on you know because we've learned what we needed to learn that's the way i feel so sometimes i i switch up but i always go back 
I've been trying. Especially if I've been fat. I really been trying. Yep. Nobody just no nobody called me. They really Thank you so much but for tuning I, in. Do you I have really anything wanted to add to the conversation or just listen? You talking to me? Yes. <laughs> You're talking to us. <laughs> okay, I'm just making sure because you know they just took over the conversation. I'm trying to oh. get myself. <laughs> I'm saying like I'm, like, I'm, I'm playing double dutch oh. trying to duck in. Uh, well. <laughs> I mean, like, you know, when I look at the situation, I mean, transition is always hard. That's just a given. That's almost like you being in a situation where your mother or your father gets remarried and you're trying to adjust to that new person coming into your life or trying to adjust to that new person coming into the home. Uh, It's something that's very hard to do um, because everybody's vision is different. And when you come into something where someone is not like your former pastor, it makes it difficult for a congregation. Um, So I know about how these things can affect your membership. It can affect your household. It can affect your church because someone that is as great as your pastor, your former pastor was or former pastor is, it, it really can leave a damp on the church. That's why some people do not say, because once a change is being made and it's something that they don't like, they up and leave. Now, in this instance, it's it could be a bad thing for them to leave, or it could be a good thing for them to leave. But some things, as a pastor, you have to be careful walking into a situation which was a great situation. But you can't come in and just change things immediately unless they were done wrong and you're trying to make the church better. Because when you do those changes, it could be a turn on or it could be a turn off. And you can lose your congregation or you can gain from the congregation. So it's, it's, it's one of those things you need to pray before you go into a situation that was once great or was once bad. And that's so crazy because that that's like the exact experience we had. And at the time, it was like my church literally lost all their youth because of a new pastor. And we had a very big youth. Um, but we have this thing called a harvest festival instead of Halloween. Um, we have mm-hmm. like boxes of apples and cake walks and things of that sort. So we were in the bag getting ready. I was like, 15, about to be 16, bringing the back in ready, helping all the little kids get their costumes on. No, you know, no devilish things, you know, like just little costumes and stuff, fun things. And the first lady, I mean, they were there for like two, three weeks. I, she came back in there, and I ain't never had an adult rip me open like she did. It was, oh, that's the devil, and that don't happen in our church, and we don't do this in this church, and this, this, this. Oh, my goodness, we were so upset, and it's like, my. My whole family ain't saved, so the unsaved side was like, I, I can't believe she said it to me. Like, I can't, who is she talking to? So it was like I had to tell the people, you know, like older people, like my grandparents and like my grandfather, you know, he sits in the pulpit right next to her. And it's like, I can't believe she said this, 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 this to me. And it went to my aunt, which is the choir director of all the youth. And Sunday, she literally made all the youth apologize to her. And it just, Sunday after that, it was nobody in that choir scene. 
Like, kids was at home, like, I'm not going back. Like, I'm not doing it. Because it was like, mm. instead of her going to the choir director or whoever was doing it, she came at the kids. And no. turned no. her whole youth away. I can I can tell you like this. Some of the worst church is her church. And mm-hmm. and, and and it's sad that it, it gets to that point, but some people are just like to keep a mess going. Mm-hmm. Now some people <laughs> like they to have, I'm serious. I mean You don't understand this man. They, some of the worst some of the worst hurt in the world is church hurt. Yeah. I guarantee mm-hmm. you. You could probably have ninety nine point nine percent of the people in the church has been hurt by somebody in the church because they don't know how to talk to people. Mm-hmm. And the thing Hold is, on they don't know how to. Yeah. Okay. So um, I was screening the callers and I was going through the list, and the switchboard did some strange things. So I'm just gonna let everybody know that's still hanging on the line. If you do not want to speak, please place your phone on mute because all lines are unmuted. At this time, if you have anything that you want to say briefly, please speak so now. If not, continue to have your phone on mute because the lines are unmuted. Okay, go ahead. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. No, you're fine. Um, but some, I mean, when you're in a situation where you have people that want to be able to cause anger or cause hurt amongst somebody else, they'll do it because their life is not the way they want it to be. And they feel like they can say anything and everything to anybody, and nobody can stop them. Some people use their position and their title just to make you miserable. I mean, I had people uh, that used to call some of the girls whores in the church or, you know, because of the makeup that they had on or the earrings that they had on. Um, But I'm like, you know, you have to be careful because you can turn away someone from, I mean, a person can quickly be turned off and go to the church down the street, and you lose members behind what you say. Mm-hmm. And pastor is sitting there looking like, well, what happened to all the young people? Mm-hmm. Well, nobody's going to say sister so-and-so told them that they look like a bunch of whores. They're not going to say that. I did. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, that I was, you That did. was my senior project. It was. That was my senior project. But, we had a meeting. I met with all the parents and all the adults. And we, we as the kids, we explained how we felt, how how we felt like that church was just as much our home as it was theirs. And we wanted to be able to grow in our church home just like they were able to grow in. And we didn't right. want to sit in church and hear sister so-and-so talk about sister so-and-so and then go in the back and fix her a plate. We didn't want that. Like, we was over <laughs> it. Yeah, we, we love to eat, don't we? Church people love to eat. <laughs> the thing is, is that everybody's not going to speak up like you did. Some people are like, well, I'm not going to fool with all of this. This is not this is not even really my church. I just came as a visitor. You know, some people are not going to, they're not going to take it. Because, I mean, my thing is, is that if I go through at home, why do I want to come to church and go through? Right so, right you have to you have to look at situations as the way they are. Everybody's not mm-hmm. going to be one that's going to stand up and fight in church. They're like, man, I got other things going on. I don't have no reason to be sitting up here fussing with people at a mm-hmm. church. It made me go to jail because I'm ready to choke a missionary or choke a preacher <laughs> coming to church. This is the way I'm supposed to come to church. I'm supposed to come to church and be free spiritually mm-hmm. and be able to come and get my spirit uplifted. Not ready to fight like I'm Mike Tyson to bite your ear off. I ain't got time for it. Mm, I'm gonna fight okay. For my so, 
I have one final question. So my thoughts is, so going back to the story that I said earlier about the homeless on the street now, and Vanilla Sky actually touched on this earlier. Um, <laughs> now, when people are saying they're doing they're doing their missionary duties and things of that nature, and they're going out to witness to the homeless. Um, what is proper church etiquette in dealing with those type of people? I understand we want to bring them into the house of God. I understand we want to minister to them. But what these people need right now is they need stability in their lives. What they need right now is a job. What they need is a home. So how do we attack these people when we're on the street? How do we effectively minister to them? I mean, yes, you have to, you know, preach God's word and things of that nature, but that's not what they need at the moment. What they need is help. So who's to say just because you went out there and taught them something, they're still not getting what they need. They're still homeless. They're still hungry. They still have no place to sleep. So are you still doing your your due diligence in being a Christian? Can I say something? Of course. Um, there have been people, or I know of people that are in churches that um, have gone into those situations and felt like they didn't get the help they needed or they've asked for help from the church and they didn't get it. And, you know, they, it left a bad taste in their mouth and they decided to leave. And I, I just felt like, wow, you know, it, aren't you supposed to be able to come to to this church for help You've been here for this many years And you can't even come here for help if you need it So I think You know it was a lot of you know, Okay the pastor will get back to you But he never did So <laughs> Okay I, I, I can, I can, I can kind of help you With that one uh, This is this is one of those things where uh, Growing up in the church Seeing a lot um, it's It's a it's a hard situation to kind of help people that you don't know. And, okay. and the reason I can say that is because you have so many that have schemes that come to the church with a need. When you have people in okay. your church that have a need, um, someone easily coming off the street saying, Hey, I, um, now, now, um, you know, being being downtown Newport News, everybody got a need. Um, <laughs> I, I've seen to come in. Oh, I, I'm about to lose my house. I need to know if you can help me. And they'll bring their kids and their wife and everything. And they sitting there like we about to lose everything. They about to put our house on the put us out on the street. And you go up the street like the next block up after you can help them. And they coming out of the store with wine bottles. Alcohol by mm-hmm. and it's 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 like okay, I just helped you do this, and now we're in a position to where I'm seeing you down the street buying alcohol. You know, it's like okay, where does it stop, or how do I really know that you're in need 
if I don't know your whole, I mean, know, know if you're lying or not. Mm. Now, you do have some people in the church that have me. Now, I've even seen the people that's in church. Uh, I've seen it to where our pastor, my, my former pastor has taken an offering to be able to help someone who was about to lose their house if they didn't have the money the very next day. Now, the thing okay. is, this person did not lose the house because my former pastor gave them the money to be able to catch up on their mortgage. But what did this person do the very next day after the mortgage got caught up? He went mm. and had a company come in and put a whole new entertainment system in the house. In the ham sandwich. Wow. <laughs> no, I'm just, telling, I'm just telling you, it's situations like that, and what what made it worse was that the former pastor lived down the street from just the in your face. person that, now the thing about it. What y'all say about was, faith? The assistant pastor was two doors down from the person that, that did it, and he was hot, mm-hmm. because this is not the first time that their house was being put on the auction block, but they went and saw that the, the church was, I mean, that the, the person had the people come in, put in a whole new entertainment system, had the fresh thing, but yet you were just crying and saying you was about to lose your house. You have so many instances where you want to help people, but you have situations that keep you from wanting to be a help because the church is in need, but the church is putting their, hold, putting their need on hold to help out other people. Mm-hmm. And they're mismanaging or they're abusing situations. Now, and, and the thing about it was is that the persons, some persons have been in the church for a long time that are in the And then in, in this instance, that person had been a member of the church for a long time, maybe when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. So in some way, they might have felt entitled. Yeah, it's, it's hard to be able to differentiate who's really in a need unless you really know the situation. Now, some people, they have a, they, they, the pastor is in a high need for everybody to want to talk to them after service. Now, I don't agree with some people trying to keep you from being able to talk to a pastor when, when, when it comes down to it, uh, but sometimes the only time you can get to a pastor is after service. But sometimes being based upon the pastor's uh, schedule, you might not be able to. You might have to talk to him during the week. But... Mm-hmm. Some people, they try to block you based upon how many times you've been in the need. You're mm-hmm. always in the need okay. when you need the pastor. So it's, it kind of goes back and forth uh, uh, on what, is, what needs to be done uh, when it comes down to trying to talk to the pastor when you're in need. Okay. So okay. That's all I got to all say right. about that. Okay. <laughs> All right. So uh, just got a message from the station. We got to tie this down real quick. Um, um, people that are on the line, I'm going to call out the last four digits of your phone number if you are still listening. Oh, people dropping off the line. I guess they don't want to talk to me. That's all right. Bye. Um, <laughs> but we do have, um, let's see, let's go down here. Caller, the last four digits is 3916. Did you have anything that you wanted to say? Okay. No. I, right now, I really enjoy, I'm enjoying the, the, um, the broadcast on tonight, and I've listened. I heard a lot of good insights on what everyone is saying. And um, my comment is, you know, the brother was just saying, you know, how 
people are misleading the churches and the and the church um members in that house must come first. They must come oh. first before you start dealing with those that are out there because they are uh, misleading, you know, God's people. And, you know, we have to use wisdom when we're trying to win a soul to Christ. And when you're trying to be a help to those that are lost and stuff, you know, it's more than one way. You're talking about the jobs or, you know, they need a place to live, but it takes time. They, they didn't get in it, you know, real, um, they didn't get in it suddenly, so they can't get out suddenly. They got to be willing to want to be helped. And it takes time to do that. And it's going to take finances, and it's going to take a lot of love from God's people in the house to receive those people that are lost. And you have to do it with open arms. You have to really show God's love to really draw them in for them to want to change, to want to do better, want to get a job, want to get a place to live, to want to change their ways. You see, so it's just it takes time. And I just, you know, I just thank all of y'all, you know, for everything that you said on tonight, you know, because it's really a blessing to me, you know, for me to for to teach me more of how to go out there and to win those souls, to go out there and to be a blessing, not always with financial gain. Yet, yes, they mm-hmm. do need finances. They do need mm-hmm. food. They do need this and that, but they need the word most of all. And, you know, the Bible says he that win a soul is wise. Mm-hmm. So we have to use wisdom. When we're dealing with these souls, with these people and all these needs and stuff, are they willing to come out of what they're in? Mm-hmm. And so we really have to show our love, you know, because like you said, all of us, you know, a lot of us have been there. We have been homeless and stuff, and God, it was the grace of God that brought us out. Yeah, it was the grace of God that brought us out of that. And I tell you, okay. I'm, I'm mm. Okay, <laughs> so I'm just saying, you know, I, I'm just, I'm just grateful, and just thank y'all so much, you know, just for allowing me to say just my little bit, but I just thank God for all of y'all, and just ask that you all, just, you know, stay focused on, you know, it's all about building the kingdom, it's all about lost souls, and, you know, even when, you know, the churches don't do us right and stuff, but we got to look at God when we come into the place, you got to ask the Lord to lead and guide you all. So when you're looking for your church home, ask God to place you there, not trying to go out and seek it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You ask God to show you. Ask him to lead and guide you. When you go in there, when you see the man or woman of God, ask that you want to see God. You don't want to see that man or woman. You don't want to see that flesh. You want to see God that's working through that man or that woman. Exactly. Amen. So you look for that. You might not ever find another pastor that's greater than the ones that you had, but God got somebody there. <laughs> He has somebody, and it's all about him. It's not about us. And he's going to place us in the right right place that we need to be. (laughs) And another thing, one more thing, and I thank the Lord for that, um, talking about our dress codes and stuff like that, old-fashioned ways and stuff like that. I thank God for deliverance. I thank God for freedom on the day because I was one that was bound, but I'm free. I know I can stand in the pulpit, you know, with a pair of pants on because it not, has nothing to do with my heart. Exactly. I don't have to wear that thing on top of my head because God is our covering. Amen. I said thank God for freedom. So, so I just I just thank y'all on the night, and I'm finished. Thank y'all. Thank, thank you. you. 
Thank you so much. And right on down the list, yes, I see you, last four digits, uh, 0037. Did you have anything that you wanted to add tonight? Oh, my goodness, we got some shy people on the phone. Lord help us. (laughs) You unmuted, so you might as well go ahead and speak. Take that phone off (laughs) mute. Say hello, something. Hello, can you hear me? We hear you loud and clearly. Did you have anything you wanted to say? (laughs) No, I just really enjoyed the show, actually, and I just thank God I had the young lady just brought forth that and explain it to us even the more, and I just thank God for you all. And I thank God for that pastor was on the other end, too. Thank you. Thank you. That's all I have to say. You know, the show was very nice. Well, thank you for listening. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Um, so with that in mind, uh, we're going to go ahead and ask uh, Elder Holmes, did you have anything that you wanted to add, closing remarks, any inspiring word or anything that you wanted to share with us? After after all you've done as far as uh, listening to everything that's been said and everything, I just encourage everyone, you know, uh, you know stay prayed up because prayer is what's going to get you by. You know, it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you get through it. Um, you just know that at the end of the day, we serve a wise God. We serve a powerful God. We serve a strong God. And he's the one that can hold you. He can. He's the one that molds you. He's the one that, that, that will put you in where you need to be. You know, after all of that, that has been said that I've heard on tonight, uh, it, you can't allow people to determine what your future is going to be. In this lifetime You have to You know Stay prayed up Stay in the right path um, Go forth And do what it is That God has for you to do Um, I'm sure the Lord Can direct you Where you need to be In church uh, The church that you need To go to um, Seek the Lord on it You know it's, it's, It's one of those things Where Right now The battle is real The struggle is real And as much Everybody at this point needs to be in somebody's church that is giving good teaching, sound doctrine, to be able to help you get through to the next level in your life. Um, Don't worry about things that are being said to you through membership or through other people that are around you. Um, I say just seek the Lord on everything that you do. Um, Because right now you leave yourself in a position to where you continue to stay on the outskirts you'll find yourself in a bad place. Uh, but I just say that you need to just stay on those knees, read your word, and allow the Lord to speak to you. And be- and believe me, when the Lord starts to speak and move in your life, then you'll be able to receive the things that God has for you. Uh, I heard you say earlier about receiving the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is a gift, and it's a gift from God. No man nor woman can give you that gift. That's something that is between you and God, and God is God is the one that can give you the gift and interpret the gift of tongues, and He can He can have someone there to be able to interpret the gift that He's given you, but yet the gift of speaking in tongues comes from Him and your relationship with Him. 
no man or woman can give that to you. So I just encourage you, if you, you're seeking the Holy Ghost, seek the Lord. That's the only way you'll be able to get it is through the power and the Holy uh, through the Holy Spirit uh, that the Lord is able to give you those that gift of tongue. Nobody can teach you how to do it. Nobody can tell you what to say to get it. Uh, they can tell you, you know, uh, say hallelujah, thank you, Jesus, but nobody can actually tell you an actual tongue that can give you this the, the speaking in tongue. So you just have to seek the Lord on it. And allow the Lord to overtake you and 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 give you give you the strength that you need to be able to be able to get to the next level. So I just encourage you all. Um, the show is, is is wonderful. I'm glad I was able to be a part, and uh, I thank God. I thank God for uh, the opportunity from uh, the whole cast and uh, great friends. And 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 I just encourage you all to continue to seek the Lord on everything that you do. Excuse my. Not being able to be here on time I got sick so <laughs> Please forgive me <clears throat> But um, I pray that this won't be the last time I'll be able to talk about this subject Or any other subject <laughs> Alright <laughs> So um, Mr. Producer Go ahead and give you a closing shout out Last words um, I just wanted to thank everybody For calling in I wanted to thank Everybody that's been on the call I also didn't get a chance to say it But I do want to keep um, Donnie McClurkin in prayer Because his his father has passed So um, we need to keep him in prayer And other than that, have a good night All right, and Miss uh, Justice Darling Go ahead, do your thing I just want to say that I really enjoyed the show tonight. Um, I enjoyed everyone that called in. Thank you, everyone that did call in. Um, I enjoyed our guests. Um, thank you, Alder, for calling in. Um, just happy to be on the show, and I was happy to be a part of this conversation. Oh, no problem. Miss Vanilla Sky? I, too, enjoyed the conversation. And I'm bursting at the seams because I have so much more to say. <laughs> but I can't, so I won't. I do want to just reiterate that it is the holidays. People need help. And, you know, reach out of your own corner and into someone else's corner and think about others this holiday season. And thank you to the guest and thank you, everybody else. All right. So everyone that has just tuned in, you have just listened to Femoral Entertainment here on Blog Talk Radio, where we actually talked a little bit about everything under the moon in regards to church as well as celebrity gossip. want to give a special shout-out to the callers that called in. I will not call you out by name, but just know that you have a special place in my heart, and I thank you so much for calling in. Thank you so much for to our guest, Mr. Elder Holmes. Um, I thought he would talk a little bit more about um, his personal stuff, but he didn't. But, oh, well, hopefully he'll come back and grace us with his presence again. And we thank you for, you know, just taking the time out to to even have this conversation with us where we can actually discuss openly things that people are definitely thinking about things that people are talking about and things that people are being bothered about in regards to the church. Um, 
want to give a special shout-out to all of our listeners and all of our callers that called in. We thank you so much, all of the people that listen on the Switchboard, all of our thousands of people that have listened to all the previous shows, that are listening to the shows and things of that nature. I actually wanted to do something special tonight, but the people hung up and the show went overboard. But um, if you're still listening, the first person that sends me an email at Merlot at FurMerlot.com, we have a special gift for you. So if you're listening, even if you're downloading, you send that email. If you're the first person that does this, you're going to get a gift. So this gift that we're giving to you from us is for your family. It's a game. Yes, it is. If you have the Xbox 360, I'm just going to put it out there. This gift is for you, and you definitely want to be that person that sends the email to Merlo at com with your name, address, and phone number. We have a gift for you that's going in the mail. You have something to say, sir? No, you can't. No, no, Mr. Holmes. You you can't be the first. No, you can't get the gift. No, sorry. Are you sure? Yes. You got an Xbox? And we're not included, right? <laughs> you know I'm visiting, right? Not included. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. I got you visited. Oh, man, I just emailed. <laughs> no, y'all cannot get the gift. You cannot get the gift. Sorry. But um, what I can it's something that you will enjoy with the family. A lot of people don't spend a lot of time. So go ahead and listen to Vanilla Sky's uh, previous recording about family and things of that nature, and I'm not even going to touch on that, but that was a deep conversation that she had. Um, so just make sure you tune in to Fermal Entertainment on next Thursday. We will be having another guest uh, that is an aspiring uh, artist here in the D.C. area and things of that nature, and I am pretty much done for tonight. So, again, thank you, each and every one, for tuning in. Until next time, do more than do dream. More. dream. Live it. All right? Everybody good? Yep. Yeah, so far, so good. If All right. On this Sunday, Tonight, I'll be preaching in, uh, in Norfolk. If you're in the Norfolk area, I'm preaching at Freedom Church of God in Christ at 1130 in Norfolk, Virginia, 2966 Argonne Avenue. Come and meet me there. Uh Uh-oh. All right. right. So the people that were from the 757 and that are still on the line, there you go. (laughs) Mm -hmm. All right, everybody. Have a good night. Peace. All right, good night. Ah!